try to pull you down so we are eye to eye when did i forget that you've always been the king of the world Oh, your 
There's a wound that still reminds you of the fear, shame, and rejection. You've seen it, you've seen it. You know it's time to get up, but your heart's paralyzed, you're so stuck. You passed the point of trying again. You're defeated, you're defeated. There's something inside you can't deny. You hear the Test, 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 test. Down the road where 
All right. Hey, Sam. A little bit more. A little bit more volume on this. Test, test, test. There we go. That's good. All right. Welcome to Epicenter Church. Good morning. How are we doing today? Good. Everybody get, uh, get their coffee. We got uh, Sandy back there. Wave your hand, Sandy. There she is. She's our coffee gal. Uh, we got tea and all that as well. And then there's some pastries if you want. You can help yourself to that. And uh, water bottles or a dollar a piece if you want to purchase one of those as well. And, uh, yeah, I got a good night's sleep. My kids had, uh, they both, two of my kids had, had crazy dreams last night. <laughs> and so I was like, I know where you should go. <laughs> and so they're here. Uh, did anybody have any dreams last night that were different or odd? Okay. Well, that's good. Or amazing. I don't mean it in a bad way. I just mean profound maybe is a better word to use. So that's really going to be fun. So we're going to have a good time today. Uh, we're, la- we're planning on about two hours with a, with a break at about 11, I think you said, right? So uh, we'll be planning on that. Uh, why don't we start with a word of prayer, and then we'll get going and let Micah come and share some of her wisdom with us today. So Lord, we love you today, and thank you so much for all that you are and all that you do in our lives. We thank you, God, that you are speaking, that you are speaking and we want to learn how to respond to your voice. We want to learn how to hear what you're saying and, 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 and see what you're doing, Lord, even in the, our dreams and in visions that you promised to give. So this morning, I thank you that we're going to take some steps towards greater revelation, greater understanding, and greater purpose in our lives in these areas. So, Father, we thank you for that. And uh, hallelujah. All right, just put your hand on, on your head today. Let's, let's just do that. Just put your hand on your head. And Lord, so often our minds get in the way of how we think and how we process things. And so Lord, right now this morning, we just release our minds to you. We, we take any hindrances or barriers off and we say, Lord, have your way with every neuron pathway, every single way of thinking. And Lord, if there's ways of thinking in our minds and understanding of dreams and revelation that are, that are different than what you have for us, we release you to show us new things today. Give us great revelation into the, into the supernatural realm, even in our dreams today. So we say yes to that. We say yes. Everybody set? Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, Micah, why don't you come? I uh, just want to remind you we're going to be recording this uh, for podcasts for the church, and also it's Facebook Live. And so you can tell some friends if they weren't able to make it, uh, we'll get you on Facebook Live as well. All right. Let's give a big Epicenter Church welcome. Micah Williams. Thank you. Hey, is it or is it fine? Do your kids know? Okay, cool. Thank you. All right. So how many of you have heard teaching on dreams before? Okay. All right. So just a few of you. Um, what I like to um, just get into is where we see dreams in the Bible and how God wants to use dreams to speak to us. So if that's something that's kind of new for you, I'm so glad that Pastor Steve had us just set our minds free to believe what God has for us this morning. Because sometimes there's things that keep us from believing truth, and it's not God. Like, it's really just things that other people have said that we believed was true. But if we can let go of them, then we can see what God has for us. So how many of you have your handouts in front of you? 
Yay. Okay, good. I put together this teaching nine years ago for a supernatural ministry school that my husband mentioned last night in Pennsylvania. And when I did it, I taught it in two days, three hours each day. So it's about six hours of teaching, including interpreting dreams that, from people that attend. So what I have for you, we won't go through every slide. Okay, so you can take that with you. There's scriptures in there. There's examples in there. Um, but what I want to do this morning is, like I said, just set the groundwork for where we see dreams in the Bible and how they're handled. And then after we take, we'll just take a short break at 11. After we take that break, then we're going to pull out the whiteboard and we're going to do some dream interpretation from your dreams. So it's going to be awesome, but it might not be giving you every single answer to every question that you have about dreams. So I'm going to give you some resources that you can go to if after this you're like, oh, I need more. I have some really great resources. So I'll do that in a little bit. I just want to get into the teaching and get started. So the reason why I am here teaching about dreams is because I love dreams. I grew up having vivid dreams, sharing them with my mom when I was like two, three years old, and saying things like, hey, mom, wasn't it fun when we went to the zoo and we went inside the cages and played with the animals? Wasn't that fun? And having her go, mm, we didn't do that. But being, I was so confused. Like, I remember this memory really strongly. Like In my head, it felt so real. Like It was as like, strong of a memory as going and playing with my friends the day before. And finally, I connected the dots that there is this world that happens while we're sleeping, and it can be as real, it can feel as real as when we're awake. So my whole life, I've had dreams like that, and then um, I started noticing maybe when I was like 8, 10, 12, that I would be in a situation, and I would have like this knowing that I'd been there before. Have you guys had that before? Yeah. I remember one specifically. Um, I was sitting in our car. I was about 12 years old, and we had just finished church, and I was waiting for my dad, who likes to talk a lot. And I was sitting in the car. You don't have to look at him. He's right there, but you don't have to look at him. But I remember sitting in the car. We were waiting, and I saw this woman in a red dress come out of the doors of the church, walk down the stairs, and I was like, I've seen this before. Now she's going to go right there and she's going to go to that car over there. And sure enough, it happened. And that happened over and over. I'm sure some of you have had that experience as well. And, but it was nothing earth shattering, like a woman in a red dress walking to a car. Like I didn't save a baby from being run over by a car or tell someone to, you know, get out of the way because a car was coming. You know, it wasn't anything that was like earth shattering. And so when I became an adult, it kept happening. And I was like, God, ugh, this is kind of dumb. Like there's nothing being impacted by this. And I didn't even know what it was because in the scientific world, they have a hard time classifying it. Uh, some people say that your brain moves faster than your memory. And so it's like something happens, but then your memory catches up. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not true. And um, when I was at college, I was sharing what my experiences were with someone at a, the cafeteria. And he said, that's a prophetic dream. And I was like, no, <sighs> and that's not possible. But as I kept bringing that up to the Lord, I 
had confirmation from him that he was showing me things that were going to happen. But when I woke up, I just didn't remember them until I was in the moment. And then it came back that I had been here before. So finally, I don't know how old I was, late 20s. I was like, God, this is so annoying. This happened, like I came to a stop. I was driving and I knew the light was going to change and this car was going to turn. I was like, God, this is so dumb. Why does this happen? And I heard him say, I'm teaching you. I said, what? You're teaching me. I'm teaching you to trust that when I show you these things, if you acknowledge that this is me giving this to you, then I can give you more. And I was like, oh, okay, give me more. I'm sorry I said it was dumb. I want to learn. I want to learn. It was kind of like what Ben was talking about last night, like asking God about things that don't matter, just so you know inside of you what does it feel like when I hear that or what does that, like, When I say that or when I acknowledge that, what do I feel like inside? And so since then, there has been a shift where it's been more in like times of ministry where I'll be like praying for someone or I'll be in a service, church service, and I'll be like, I've been here before. Okay, and then, all right, then we're going to do this. And so it was almost like a prophetic um, structure of how to administrate what God wanted to do, which is so cool, and it's been really fun. But some of you, I'm sure you've had those experiences, and it has been things that maybe have been a warning for you. You're in a situation, you're like, okay, I know that I'm now supposed to walk away instead of continuing this relationship or something like that. But that tiny little thing is just one way that God uses dreams to speak. But that's been my experience. And so because of that, I was really curious about what does God have for us in our dreams. So you can see up on the screen, I have um, Webster's definition of what a dream is, that it's a series of thoughts, images, or emotions occurring during sleep. It sounds pretty boring. Here you go. You sleep, and then this happens. Like your brain is bored, and so it plays around with you, and then you wake up, and you're like, oh, that was fun. Or you're like, oh, that was horrible. I don't ever want to dream again, okay? What I want to submit to you is that in a dream, you can actually access the spirit realm and connect with God or connect with the enemy as well as give your heart a chance to process what you're going through or events in the past. And so I'm going to show you all of those experiences in the Bible, and I'm going to help all of us expect God to speak to us through dreams, that he's not limited. It's amazing, but he's not limited to just saying, go read the Bible And that's the only way you can hear God's voice. I love the Bible. I'm passionately in love with the Bible. But I would be so sad if I told my daughters, I have two girls, okay, I wrote a bunch of stuff when I was a teenager, and that's the only way you can get to know me. Yuck. (laughs) I wouldn't want to hand that over to her. The Bible is powerful, and it's so amazing. But to build relationship, God said, I want to talk to you. Isn't that amazing? I love that. So one of the ways that he does is through dreams. If you have your Bible, I'm going to kind of skip away, just take a break from the slides for a second. Um, In Numbers chapter 12, this is one of my favorite verses about dreams. 
Numbers 12, 6. So this is in the Old Testament. This is before Jesus came, ripped the veil, and Holy Spirit was released and poured out on all flesh. This is before that happened. So God chose to reveal himself to a specific group of people, the Israelites. And in that specific group of people, he chose to chiefly talk to just a few people. Some of it I'm not going to get into, but some of it's because everyone else rejected God's voice because it seemed scary. Like when he came to the mountain, they ran away and said, Moses, you do it. You go talk to God for us and tell us what he says, which is sad that that happened. But because of that, God was choosing to speak directly to certain people and letting his voice flow through them. We have it even better today. It's so great. But this is what God said about that way of revealing himself. So we're here. Numbers 12, verse 6. He, this is God, said, isn't that amazing? God talks. It's so great. He said, hear now my words. This is important. He wants to make sure, like Ben said yesterday, that we have our listening ears on. Get your listening ears on. Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, and in case we forgot who is talking, I, the Lord, shall make myself known to him in a vision, and I shall speak with him in a dream. Has God ever told a lie? No. This promise that was spoken, like out loud, they heard these words booming, however it came. These words were spoken thousands of years ago. I don't think God's changed his mind. That he wants to make himself known in a vision and wants to speak in a dream. And this, like I said, is being directed to prophets. But if you look in Acts, where it says that the prophecy in Joel was fulfilled, that everyone gets to prophesy, everyone gets to dream dreams. So this promise that was spoken in this like microcosm of the whole world, like just a couple people, is now your promise and my promise. This is how we get to know God. Yay! Isn't that fun? It's not just you eat pizza and you go to sleep and then you wake up and you're like, oh, that was a pizza dream, right? We actually can encounter and hear from God in our dreams. I'm super excited about that. So when we look in the Bible, if you weren't aware, the Bible wasn't written in English. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew, New Testament in Greek. When we read a story about a dream, there really isn't some fancy way to interpret that. It's a dream, just like you and I dream, just like every single person, human being, in the whole entire planet what is it, the number now? Seven billion people, right? Is that about right? Seven billion dreamers. Why wouldn't God use that to talk to people? He's not wasting time. He's so good at redeeming, even when we're asleep. The one thing I want to point out is in Greek, in the New Testament, there are two words for dream. One is onar, which is a dream that you kind of have and you wake up and you're like, oh, I don't know if there's anything to that. You just go on with the rest of your day. And then there's a different word, anupneon, which means to the same thing, to dream, but it contains an element of surprise to the dreamer. Like you wake up and you're like, whoa, 
I better write that down. I need to get in my prayer time with God to talk about what just happened. Okay, so there are two different kinds of dreams, but it doesn't mean that don't look at the own our dreams, but I would say if you have one of those dreams that you can't forget, it just like stays with you, it's definitely worth taking time to examine with the Lord. Okay, so while we're sleeping, the part of the brain that controls logic that's over here is not active. (laughs) So when you're dreaming, you can fly and meet people that you've never met before and have experiences that you couldn't relate to anything that you'd experienced in your life already. And what I love about that is that when you hear from God and he shows you something, logic isn't there to say, well, that's not true. So this is prime time for our hearts to hear from God. And for anyone in your life that you know needs to hear from God, needs a revelation of truth about who they are, pray for them to have a dream. Bless their heart (laughs) to have an encounter with God while they're sleeping because their logic isn't there to say, yeah, but this Christian did this, so God can't love me. Or this happened with a parental figure, so there's no love from God for me. Right? Isn't that amazing? So pray for dreams for people because that's what's going on. All right, we already looked at this one. For the sake of time, I'm going to skim past some of these scriptures. Um, In the church culture that I grew up in, I'm not sure what church culture you're familiar with, using a dream to justify anything was considered flaky. (laughs) Are you guys familiar with that mentality? Like someone says, I had a dream, and so now I'm supposed to move across the country. Whoa, are you sure about that? I don't know if God could use a dream to talk to you, right? Or it's seen as new age, right? Are you guys familiar with that kind of understanding about dreams? In the Bible, the only warnings that we have about dreams are related to the dreamer. So you'll see if you have time, you want to go back here in Deuteronomy 13. It says, watch for the the application that the dreamer gives to the dream. If the dreamer says, I had a dream. Now let's abandon God and go after these pursuits that are against what God is for. Then don't follow the dreamer. That's it. The Bible doesn't say, don't trust your dreams. The Bible doesn't say, don't look at your dreams. The Bible doesn't say, watch out. All it says is, watch for the application of dreams. So what I have taken from that is to say that in the same way that our thoughts can be impacted by the enemy and our thoughts can be impacted by our own believing of lies and our thoughts can be impacted by God in the same way our dreams can be impacted by the enemy. Some of you have dreams and you know that is not from God. Or you have a dream, you wake up and you're like, that was pretty stressful. Or you have a dream and you like wake up, you're like, oh my word, I saw heaven and this happened. That was from God. Those three different categories of dreams, in the same way those three categories of thoughts, are important. If you receive a dream from the enemy, now you know his strategy. And you can pray even more 
accurately and apply God's truth even more specifically in your life. We'll get into this in a little bit. But for example, if you have a dream and you can't talk, you're like, you know, someone's like grabbing you and pulling you and there's people over there and you're like trying to call for help, voice won't come out. That's showing you that the enemy is trying to keep your voice from being heard. So now you can pray, God, thank you that you gave me a voice. Thank you that you created me with something to say. And I just command any attack of the enemy to come against what I have to say to be gone in Jesus' name. And thank you for letting my voice be heard. Right? Isn't that powerful? And then if you have a dream that your heart is processing stuff and you wake up and you're feeling really anxious, maybe you had a dream you were at school. This is a common dream. Hi. If you have a dream you're at school and you come to class and there's a test and you didn't know there was going to be a test and you didn't prepare for it and you don't know where your pencil is and you don't know where your notes are and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in the wrong classroom. That's showing you that you are worried that you're not ready for something. And that something is unique to you and what your heart is trying to process. And that's what you would bring to God and say, where in my life do I feel I'm not prepared? Or where in my life do I feel like I'm going to get just thrown out there and I won't be ready? Isn't that powerful? I love that. And we'll look at some of these specifically. But when we come to dreams, I just, again, want to emphasize the Bible doesn't say don't look at your dreams. It's the opposite, actually. So any of that that's come in to the church culture is not confirmed with Scripture. All right, so let's look at Job 33. Indeed, God speaks once or twice, yet no one notices it. Sad. <laughs> Verse 15. In a dream, a vision of the night, when sound sleep falls on men while they slumber in their beds, this is about God here, then he opens the ears of men, like we saw the logic isn't in place, and seals their instruction that he may turn man aside from his conduct and keep man from pride. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from passing over into Sheol. Dreams prove that God didn't just wind up the world and walk away. Isn't that amazing? Here we see that he watches over our lives and loves to use dreams to warn us about where our course of action is headed. Isn't he good? He's so much better than we even can imagine. And these verses here that we see are just more and more confirmation about how loving and compassionate he is. Okay, then we see in Psalm 16, 7, I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Indeed, my mind, or different translations use the word heart, my mind instructs me in the night. So that stress dream I was talking about where you're going to school and you didn't know there was a test, that's your heart telling you, hey, you're worried about something. You're not facing it. You're just like trying to muscle through your day and survive. But your heart's saying, hey, let's deal with this. You're draining your energy by just letting this process under the surface. And so when you sleep, your heart has a chance to bring it up and say, you're stressed. Let's look at this. Where's the truth? What does God say about what you're believing? Isn't that powerful? I love that. I think it's amazing. Uh, the next verse, Proverbs 25, verse 2. It is the glory of God 
to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Ben mentioned this last night about sometimes prophecy or the voice of God comes, but it's like a mystery. It's a puzzle, and you get to go on a journey to understand what he's saying. And just know that this is a compliment to you. In the Eastern culture, which is where the Bible was written in the setting, it was offensive to give someone a direct answer. If you ask me a question and I tell you the direct answer, I'm saying, I don't think you're smart enough to figure it out. Okay? So God says to you, I'm giving you a mystery because I believe in you. And I believe in your ability to walk this out with me so we can discover the meaning of this together. This is what Jesus did. He told parables. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like, and filled it in with a story. Instead of saying, the kingdom of heaven means that you repent, and you walk, and you don't turn to the side. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man that goes out and buys a field so that he can get the treasure that's inside of it. Isn't that amazing? God is so much more powerful at communication than we give him credit for. So dreams is part of that. So you're the kings that is to your glory to search it out with God. And we're going to talk about how you search that out today. Okay, the next scripture on your slides is the same message as Deuteronomy 13. Nothing saying don't believe a dream or don't go after dreams, but don't follow people who are telling you to leave God. Okay, it's pretty logical. Do you guys understand how logical that is? Okay. All right, so then Hosea 12.10 and Joel 2.28. This is just confirming what I shared with you from Numbers 12.6. Hosea 12.10, I have also spoken to the prophets. And look at what he said. I gave numerous visions. And through the prophets, I gave parables. And then Joel 2.28, it will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. Yay, that's us. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. You guys did it last night. Wasn't that exciting? I was so happy watching that happen. And your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Basically, no one's excluded. Isn't that great? Some of us will dream in different ways and have different spheres of influence with our dreams, but it doesn't mean that you're more valuable if you dream about a country compared to someone who dreams about their personal life and their family. That's that's not true. It just is what God has given you. Okay, so I'm going to skim through this one as well, but Matthew chapter 13, Jesus talks about how to handle parables, and that's usually what dreams are. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Most dreams are symbolic, which means when you have, like I said, the school dream, it's not literally about school. Sometimes you get that. Sometimes you get a literal message, and we'll see some of that in the scripture as well. Like um, Joseph in the New Testament had a warning dream, you and the child and your wife need to go to Egypt. Like that was literal. He didn't need to wake up and think, oh, what does Egypt symbolize? Hmm, maybe I need to leave my family's religion, right? He knew this is a warning directly applied as he received it. But most of the time, dreams are symbolic. And so you ask God, what does the school represent? Or what does a test represent? 
those kinds of things, okay? So that's how Jesus talked to the disciples and those around him. And when he talked about parables, he said, let's see here, Matthew 13, uh, therefore, verse 13, I will speak to them in parables because while seeing, they don't see, and while hearing, they don't hear, nor do they understand. And that's what dreams are for us from God. Because sometimes in our daily life, we don't realize that what a person said to us actually penetrated to our heart. And it's bothering us for a certain reason. And so at night, we didn't get it. So at night, our heart can talk to us about it so that we can understand because God cares about you understanding. He didn't have to. He could just say, I said it. Believe it. And in fact, there's an ancient understanding that God wouldn't waste his words. So God only said things one time and everything else that was like looked like a repeat of what God said couldn't possibly be God trying to say it in a different way because God doesn't need to do that. He shouldn't waste his words. But that is not the heart of God. He is like the best parent, the best teacher you've ever met. How many of you had those parents or those teachers that would say, okay, let me explain it this way. And then you get it. You're like, oh, I've been hearing the same thing my whole life, but you were the first person that said it in a way that I could understand. God is like 50 million times better than that person at explaining things in a way for you to understand. So it's a gift. Dreams are a gift. Okay. In the Bible, the words vision, dream, dreamer, trance, to see, to perceive, revelation, ecstatic state, or in spirit combine to include over one-third of the Bible. In our Western-minded culture, we're very logical and argumentative. So we need to understand the position of person A and person B and find the errors in their opinions so that we can exploit that to prove that God is right. But that is not the main way that God presents himself. Here, he wants to have us see him. Just see me and you'll know me. Isn't that cool? Oh my word, I love that. Okay, so in the Bible, um, we have the first dream that we see mentioned is in Genesis chapter 15, and it actually started out as a vision. God was talking to Abram, and he was showing him how he wanted to take his life, even though he was a sun worshiper, like he didn't know God, but God chose him to be able to bless the whole world through Abraham, and was revealing this to him with pictures because it was really hard to understand. And then you'll see throughout this um, scripture that Abram fell asleep and then God continued to show him how he was going to make covenant with a man. Isn't that amazing? God, spirit being that he is, said, I want to give all of who I am to you and have all of who you are and we're going to break covenant together. It was so profound and so powerful that he had to tell it to him while he was sleeping. Isn't that cool? I love that. Okay, um, Genesis chapter 20, we see the next dream mentioned in the Bible, is given to an unbeliever. This wasn't someone that said, I love the God uh, that made heaven and earth, and so my life is ordered by his voice. No, he was just 
doing his own thing. But Abram deceived him and told him that Sarai was his sister, and so Abimelech brought Sarai into his home. But you see that God had made covenant with Abram, so that included Sarai. And so he was going to punish Abimelech for doing something he didn't even know he was doing. But because he had covenant with Abram, he was like bound to protect him. But God is so merciful and gracious that he told Abimelech. Why did he do that? It doesn't make sense. He deserved the punishment that he was being given because of Abram's mistakes. He didn't trust, so he deceived but he gave him a literal message in a dream that you need to get this woman out of your home. And until you do, all the women in your home are going to be barren. You're going to be punished. And so Abimelech woke up and could not deny what the message that he had just received and was furious with Abram, which is righteous. He should have been. But God used a dream to communicate to someone who wasn't following him. So again, if you have people in your life that have stepped away from God, or they haven't come to him yet, you're just saying, God, you did this thousands of years ago. You're going to do it again. Isn't that powerful? It's exciting. Okay, then in Genesis 37, we have one of the most common um, people that we look at for dreams. We have Joseph. And Joseph, we see that he had dreams as a child. Some of you have experienced this. As a child, you had dreams that were like a glimpse into the potential of your future. And that's what happened with Joseph. What I love about seeing this exchange with Joseph and his family is that Joseph never interpreted his dreams. He just said, I had a dream last night that there were 11 stars and the sun and the moon and they bowed down to me. And everyone was infuriated, even his mom and dad who loved him. They said, are you saying that we're going to bow down to you? Because in their culture, dreams were a valid form of communicating. They were a valid form of understanding life, of understanding what was going to happen. And so they didn't have to like, ask him what he thought it meant because it was just common in their culture. So in our home, we honor dreams. We get up in the morning, hey, what did you dream about last night? And I even started changing my question to be, what happened in your dreams last night, talking to my eight-year-old and my three-year-old? Because there are real things that happen in dreams. And in honoring that, then hopefully my girls won't grow up with this like aversion to dreams, like don't, don't look at your dreams, that's new agey. But they're honoring dreams, and they just like, that's a normal part of how we can hear from God. So that's what we see in the culture of the Bible. Um, another thing that we see um, in the later dreams when Joseph was an adult, we see in dreams a recurring theme. For example, Pharaoh's dream. He had a dream about the seven um, blades of grass, and then there was big ones and little ones, and the little ones consumed the big ones. And then he had another dream, but this time it was cows, but the same thing happened. A recurring dream can happen for you in one night, like where you either wake up or the scene shifts, and you can recognize, okay, that's like almost exactly what happened in the previous part. So sometimes it happens, um, in the case of Pharaoh, this happened to say, this is going to happen. So Joseph knew 
we need to prepare for this famine to come. Because sometimes we get warned of things that can change. Isn't that great? God says, this is going to happen, so pray that it doesn't. But for Joseph, he knew that it meant famine is coming, so we need to prepare. So for Joseph, it helped him to know how to apply. For our, sometimes we get the same dream over and over and over because we don't get it. <laughs> and God's like, okay, I'm going to try again. Uh, and again. And again. So if you have the same dream for two weeks at a time or years at a time, it could be a sign that God's saying, you don't get it. Here it is again. I'm going to try again. And again. And he's not doing it angrily. Isn't that fun? I get frustrated if I have to explain things more than like two times with my kids. I'm like, I just told you. Calm down. Okay, let's try again. But God doesn't have to calm himself down to explain it again. He's so good. Um, So sometimes that's the reason why we have repetitive dreams. Okay. That's my favorite dream. I'm going to keep going. All right. 1 Kings chapter 3. The judges passage is so great. If you have time to go back to it, that's like my favorite. But I want to keep going. Um, 1 Kings chapter 3. I do want to look at this one. So I'm going to bring it up here. All right. So this is about Solomon. And Solomon had just become king, and he had built the temple, and he's getting ready to lead a country, lead a nation. And um, it says that, verse 4 here, the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. Whoa, he really wanted to honor God. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night. What? In a dream. Like he just closed his eyes and there was God. But it goes further. And God said, ask what you wish me to give you. In a dream. Like all of you hopefully slept last night. Like, What if last night you closed your eyes and God appeared and said, what do you want? And we know Solomon said he just wanted wisdom. And God honored his humble request and went above and beyond that. And the wisdom that Solomon received is still talked about today. So God didn't just give him like an edge above the average man. He made him the wisest man that ever lived. In a dream. People, this is for real. This is amazing. I just implore you, like I beg you, try it out. Right before you go to sleep, God, I want to encounter you. God, what do you have for me tonight? I expect you to meet with me in a dream. And that's why I mentioned before earlier that it's not just, oh, you go to sleep and your brain is like playing around. That happens, but it also is an opportunity to encounter God. It's so crazy. So that's what happened with Solomon. Then we have another um, famous dreamer in Daniel who's just like ridiculously crazy. He put his life on the line to have God show him a dream verbatim. Like not have someone tell him a dream and then he interprets it, but like uh, it's crazy. I mean, picture like the craziest 
despotic ruler like horrible fly off the handle ruler that you could possibly imagine. And you say, I'm going to put my life in your hands because I believe that God will speak to me. The dream that you had last night, what faith did Daniel have? It's incredible. And then with that, interpreting his dream, what I love too is in Daniel chapter 4 that I have listed there, Daniel understands the meaning of the dream that was brought to him the second time to say that finally Nebuchadnezzar would be punished for the way that he spoke against God and the way that he elevated himself above God. If that happened in our country, we would be so excited. Yay, anyone that's a major leader that's talking bad against God or trying to say that they could do more than what God can do, we would be like, justice, finally this is happening. But Daniel didn't rejoice. His heart of love and compassion said, I wish this was a dream for your enemies and not for you. And what my opinion is, is that that compassion allowed Nebuchadnezzar to have the motivation to return his heart to God. Even though the dream's prophecy was fulfilled, Nebuchadnezzar didn't turn aside. He didn't listen to the warning. He continued to elevate himself and think so highly of himself that God wasn't even as great as he was. So it followed through. But at the end of that, it says he lifted up his eyes and praised the God of heaven. And I just wonder if Daniel had thrown that interpretation in his face. I don't know. Like, would he have wanted to go to that God? I'm not sure. But I think that part of the motivation to go is because of Daniel's delivery of the interpretation of that dream. So it matters how we explain what God's saying. All right, and then I already talked about um, the dreams that you see in Matthew about Joseph. Um, Joseph had literal warning dreams. And so that does happen. All right. In the church history, if you're not familiar with it, I have it through there. Um, I just shared with you about the biblical honoring of dreams. Like dreams are just normal. You have a dream and God can talk to you through it or it's your heart or it's a warning. Like whatever. Dreams are not bad. They're not evil. Okay. Um, And that continued through early church history. We have several of our early church fathers and mothers who took what Jesus delivered and followed through with that. And they have, we have many stories of how they honored dreams. Yeah, okay. That sounds mine, (laughs) like mine. All right. Um, But what happened was Thomas Aquinas, who was a medieval theologian, promoted rationalism. If you can't feel it, if you can't see it with your physical eyes, it's not real. Well, that cuts out a a third of the Bible. So now we're left with this mental, logical relationship with, if you could call it that. Who wants a mental, logical relationship? That sounds horrible. (laughs) But that's what Christianity was reduced to. So dreams were thrown out. And even though at the end of his life, he had a dream and a revelatory vision, which caused him to say that all he had worked toward was meaningless, that's the grace of God, and he repented, still, all that he had put out, all that he had written, was already so spread out in the church at that time, that the church culture rejected dreams. 
And so that's why some of you that grew up in the church or are familiar with church culture, there just isn't, it's changing, but they just inherited this dishonoring of dreams, dishonoring of a person hearing God's voice person, you know, in their heart, in their mind. All of that was discounted because of Thomas Aquinas. But in recent church history, like in the 18th century, we do see that there are these like bright points where there were people that honored dreams. Um, for example, John Newton, who was in the 18th century, wrote the hymn Amazing Grace, was a slave ship captain, but because of a recurring dream that he had several times in his life of him burning in hell, he knew that he needed to stop what he was doing, and he became a minister in the church and wrote the hymn Amazing Grace. But that happened because of a dream. But most of the church in recent history has discredited the honoring of dreams. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I just want to share some of the purposes of dreams just to kind of give you a grid for what can you expect from dreams. Okay, so one purpose of dreams is communion with God, just knowing who God is. And we already saw that thousands of years ago. God said, I want my prophets, who's who you are, to know me through vision, and I want to talk to you through dreams. When you talk to someone, you get to know them, right? So that's what he wants to do. So I had this dream a few years ago, and in my dream, I knew there was a serial killer who was going around killing women by eating their hearts. And that was my first like part of the dream. And I knew that I was victim number 23, and he was coming for me today. And so in my dream, I was like, oh, what do I do? Do I stay home? He probably knows where I live. I'm going to leave. So I left my house, and I was like, I'm just going to be where the people are. I'm going to go like to grocery store. I'm going to go shopping. And so I'm in the grocery store, and I feel a hand grab like my elbow, like behind right here, and lean in and whisper in my ear, you're coming with me. Don't scream. Just finish your, I'll go with you, finish your shopping, and then you're coming with me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a serial killer. He's going to come and get me. So in my dream, I go through, and I'm shopping, and I'm like, what in the world? There's a serial killer right there. So I'm shopping, and then finish my purchases, and then it's dinner time, so we go to dinner. And we go to this super fancy restaurant, like it's at the top of a skyscraper, and it's candlelit, and we're in this like romantic table for two right by the window where you can see the whole city, and there's candlelight, and we're eating a meal together, and I'm like, oh my word, I think he wants me to want to go with him. I'm like, that's what serial killers do. I remember my sociology class, like serial killers are charming. That's what he's trying to do. And so I'm like, have my guard up that I'm not going to like look in his eyes because I know I'll just like be hypnotized or something. So we finish our meal. And then he says, is there anywhere else that you want to go? And I'm stalling because I don't want to go with him. So I say, yeah, um, I need to go to, I forget what I said, loft to go shopping, which is weird. And always shop there. But in my dream, I did. And when I was in there, everything was black and white. And we sat, I sat on the floor and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to go with him. What is wrong with me? He's a serial killer. And so I'm like trying to like figure out how I'm feeling. And so he sits next to me and he like holds my hand. He says, are you ready to go? And I say, yes. 
And so we get up and we walk out of the store and we cross the street and it's a busy city street. So there's people coming all around. I'm pretty sure I could grab someone's hand or yell, make a scene, and it would, I could run away. But I don't want to. And so I just keep going with him and then I wake up. So that dream, like, made my eyes get really big, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. So as I'm getting ready for the day, I just keep like, oh, my gosh, that happened. Oh, my word. I can't believe this is a crazy dream. And then Ben and I sat down, and we had breakfast together, and I said, I have to tell you this dream I had last night. And so I told him the dream, and as I'm telling it, I'm getting understanding of what it means, but it's weird. So I just finished my dream, and I say, what do you think? And he says, well, I think that was Jesus. And I said, me too. But how crazy is that, that Jesus is a serial killer, and he's eating women's hearts? Like, that's so weird. And so we looked at it, and that victim number 23 reminded us of Psalm 23, which says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're with me, and you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And goodness and mercy will be with me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in your house. I was going to his house forever. And looking at what does God really ask of us? He wants us to die, to die to ourselves so that we can live in him, right? And so in that dream, I got to know God a little more <laughs> in a different way that I realized his passionate pursuit for me, yet his patience. Because in the dream, he said, do whatever you're, supposed, you're planning to do today, and I'll just wait. And I'll keep asking, are you ready to go? Are you ready to go? And I'll honor your yes, and I'll honor your no. And that really it sobered me up to realize that my yes and my no are that powerful, that God submits to my yes and submits to my no. Isn't that beautiful? He doesn't have to. He could just break our lives apart and say, now you have to follow me because I'm holding what you need, but he's not manipulating us at all. So good. So anyway, that's one purpose of dreams. Another purpose of dreams is for inner healing. Like I said, there are things in our lives that we don't either take time or we don't know to deal with. Someone says something to us and we don't realize that it, like, oh, it gets us like really deeply. And in our dreams, we can bring that up, look at it, and have God share his truth with us. In dreams, we can get instruction for the near future, like Joseph got the instruction to leave and take his family, but we can also get instruction for the distant future, like Joseph in the Old Testament. He got dreams that he didn't see fulfilled for 20, 30 years. We're not really sure how old he was when he shared the dreams with Pharaoh and finally got out of the jail that he was in without reason. We don't know how long that was, but those dreams were carried with him for the distant future and heart communication, which I already said. All right, so we're going to take a break, just a quick break. Um, Ollie is going to come up, and um, when we come back after like five-minute break for you just to kind of move around a little bit, um, we're going to pull this over, and we're going to do some interpreting, and we're going to look at this form that you have that has the 20 common dreams, 
and how you can use the other side to help your brain take what's intangible and like abstract and make it concrete so you can really hear what God's trying to say through that. Okay, so here you are. Thank you so much. If you can, please thank her. So I have a couple announcements. So we have free coffee and treats in the back, and we have water bottles. You just have to pay for the water bottles. They are $1. And if you want to give something for the coffee or treats, you feel free to. And I want to talk to you about an incredible deal. They brought their books with them. It's amazing, and it's only $10, so make sure you check it out. It's right there at the resource spot. And so tonight, the conferences keep going at 6 p.m. tonight. Yesterday was 7, so make sure to remember that it's 6 p.m. Repeat after me, 6 p.m. Great. Awesome. And also, we're going to take an offering for them. It's been such a blessing to have them here, so we want to bless them in return as well. So you have little bags in, uh, on each table. And also, if you want, there is the kiosk in the back, and you can give your, your credit card or debit card, and you just press on offering, and you just type, type their name or conference, and we'll know it's for them. All right, thank you so much, and we'll see you in a bit. There is a truth older than the ages. There is a promise of things yet to come. There is one born for our salvation, Jesus. There is a light that overwhelms the darkness. There is a kingdom that forever reigns. There is freedom from the chains that bind. There is power 
So the sorrow that I feel Holding on for life To the only thing that's real I've only scratched the surface I barely had a taste But just a glimpse draws my heart to change And one side of you lays my sin to waste I don't need to see everything Just more of you Take it all, take it all away Magnify no other name Open up, open up my eyes to you Take it all, take it all away Magnify no other name Open up, open up my eyes to you My sight is incomplete And I made you look small I've been staring at my problems for way too long Realign where my hope is set Until you're all that's left But just a glimpse draws my heart to change And one side of you lays my sin to waste I don't need to see everything Just more of you Hello. All right, the break is over. If you can go back to your seat and get ready for the second part. It's amazing. Today you're going to be blessed two times in the same morning. Are you ready? All right. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing and I'm excited for the rest. Just repeat after me. I opened my heart. I open my mind, I open my spirit to receive like never before. Amen. All right, so this next part here, I'm going to skip past that. That was just cool, like what I have up there, that people have gotten inventions and refined inventions because of visions they have in dreams. Isn't that great? So God talking to you, it's so valuable to see like how he loves you and all of that, but he's not limited just to that. Like he can give you solutions in a dream. Um, some friends of ours are in the book by Bill Johnson, Dreaming with God. And if you haven't read that and you really want to like expand your creativity um, with dreams, that's a really good book. But friends of ours, um, they own a painting company, but they formulate paint for different surfaces. And so they had to formulate the paint for the field for the Pro Bowl. And it wasn't working. Like the paint that they were putting on for the field, it would just come right off. But the paint had to last, you know, as players were running over it and sliding on it and all of that. And in a dream, the wife got numbers and letters and woke up and said, that was weird wrote him down, gave him to her husband and said, what does this mean? And he said, that's the formula for the paint. 
Seriously, like this really happened. We know them. They live in Minnesota. Like they're friends of ours. And they used that formula, and that was what they needed to put paint on the Pro Bowl field. Isn't that cool? That's not isolated to them because they're super great. They are. They're great people. But God didn't just pick them because they were more holy than you. Like he just said, they have a problem. Here's the solution. So you have a problem? Ask God for a solution in dreams, okay? All right, so as we come into dreams, one of the ways some of you probably have said you don't dream, but scientifically you do, <laughs> what maybe happened is that you had dreams that were scary as a child because the enemy recognized your ability to see in the spirit realm. And so he flooded you with negative images and flooded you with negative experiences that any child would say, I don't want to dream anymore because dreams are bad. And so you shut down the ability to remember your dreams. But your body still can dream. It's just taking them into a place where you remember them when you wake up. So any of you that say, I don't dream, it's not true. <laughs> you actually don't remember your dreams. You cut off your cognitive memory from grabbing a hold of what happens in your subconscious, because that's where dreams are. They're in your subconscious, your imagination. And when you wake up, your cognitive mind isn't remembering them. Like they're losing that catch of memory. Okay? So I'm going to pray for you for that to be restored. But also for you personally to say, God, I say yes to dreams. And I say yes to you speaking to me in dreams. Because isn't that how it works? We think we're cutting something off to protect ourselves and it's like compartmentalized. No. <laughs> when we say, God, this belongs to me, we're actually saying, I don't trust you at all. And it like filters out into other areas of our life. So saying no to dreams may feel safe, but it's actually saying, God, I don't trust you. And none of us want to live with that, right? Like if we see, whoa, I don't trust God here, that revelation unlocks us to be able to trust him again. So part of that can happen in dreams. So if you are able to say yes to dreams, then another way to receive dreams is to position your heart before you go to sleep. Just like Ben prayed for us last night to get wild, crazy dreams. Your heart agreed with that, and so you opened up the possibility to receive dreams. So doing that before you fall asleep is really helpful. Another thing, if you can, to get the dream that you remember when you wake up in some form of writing or verbal, like you record it into your phone or something like that, helps you to not have to try and remember everything. Because the sooner you can get it down, the more that you can remember, okay? And if you get eight hours of sleep, Yay. Is that easy for some of you? Okay. It's not really easy for me. But if you can get eight hours of sleep, just the normal cycle of our brain patterns gives us one to two hours of dreaming if we sleep eight hours. So medication can affect your ability to dream. Um, not being able to fall asleep well, like that can affect your ability to dream. So some of this is from the enemy that he is trying to keep you from dreaming because it's such a powerful way for God to speak and for you to be able to process life. And some of it is just 
as a like protection, you said no to dreams, okay? And number five, if you can awaken without an alarm clock and you just naturally wake up, then that kind of gives your brain the regular uh, pattern of uh, brain activity that it needs to give you that restful, like you wake up and you don't feel tired. So if you can use do that, all of those are ways to receive more dreams. So I just want to invite you to put down your pens, your pencils, and we're just going to pray and affirm dreams and affirm who God is and trust that he's a good father and he gives good gifts. So even if the enemy tried to twist and manipulate dreams, or some of you maybe had traumatic experiences of abuse, or you were a first responder, or you were in the military, sometimes those images and those experiences come back in dreams. And so that's another reason why people say no to dreams, because it's so painful and it's really difficult. So what that's saying is that God wants to heal your heart, and that's just a symptom of that. Dreams aren't at fault. It's just your heart needs healing from God. Okay, so we're going to just pray and affirm dreams. So I just want to invite you to repeat after me. So we say, Father, thank you for dreams. I repent of any time that I said no to dreams. I say yes to dreams, and I trust you through dreams. I invite you to use dreams to speak to me and show me things that I can understand better in dreams. I say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yay, great. I will warn you that sometimes when people pray that, they get a flood of dreams, like the fire hydrant is open and you're just like, oh. So if that happens, I'm sort of sorry, but not really. But just know that it goes, the pendulum will swing over and then you'll come to the middle. So if that happens, just validate it like, wow, thank you, God, that you're giving me all these dreams, but it's really tiring. So can we just like dial it back to what I can manage? And some of you might dream a lot every night, and you know there's no way you could possibly document all of those dreams. That's fine. Ask God to filter it for you, okay? So yay, I'm so excited for you. All right, this last part that we're going to do, we're going to deal mostly with symbolism. So sometimes people ask, like, how do you know if a dream is literal or symbolic. Like I said with Joseph, he knew literally to leave right away and escape to Egypt. But there are other dreams that we have to ask God, what does this mean? What are you trying to say through that? So one of the ways that you can know if a dream is literal or if a dream is symbolic, that you would look at it as a symbolic dream and it just doesn't fit. You're like, oh, I can't, that doesn't feel right. And ask God, does this mean literally to follow this person's ministry or something like that? Whatever that literal message that you're receiving. And um, as you are hearing from God, it's more about asking him, what do the symbols mean than trying to figure out, like, why is this person in my dream? But like, what does that person represent? Or what relationship do I have with them? And then letting God speak to you about that. Okay. So I already talked about this, but in our culture, we just want God to say, 
move to the state. <laughs> and we get it, and we're like, okay, now I know. But God invites you in because he trusts you, and he's honoring your intelligence and honoring your yes and your no and wants you to find the answer with him, okay? So I'm going to keep going. Um, uh, the reason why we get dreams as a story or as symbolism um, our right side of our brain is active when we're dreaming. And that's where we get, have creativity and pictures and stories and pictures stay with us a lot longer than a written word, okay? So like you watch a movie or you read a book, both of them you have to imagine what's going on in order to hold on to it. And that's the way God designed us. So he just uses dreams as pictures. Pictures communicate more than words. Um, as you start looking at dreams, that may feel awkward. Like, okay, I just had this dream and it was crazy. And you're overwhelmed with the craziness of the dream. But what I gave you, this dream analysis form, is to help you to see these are just symbols. Let's ask God what they mean and not freak out. Because <laughs> that freak out keeps you like, oh, I don't know what it means, instead of being able to look at what that is. But it might take you a couple of tries or it might take you a few dreams to go through before you feel like, okay, it's a dream. I know it's symbolic. How do I look at it? Just like you're learning any other language or a musical instrument. Your brain has to get used to how to understand what you're supposed to do. You know, you're reading lines of music, but your brain has to tell your hands what to do to play the right notes on the keyboard in the right tempo. That takes time. Okay, I could, if you've never played the keyboard, unless God downloaded the gift of piano playing to you, none of, if you've never played, you couldn't go up there, know what it means, and just do it. If I said, this is C, this is D, and this is E. Okay, go. Right? So if you look at dreams and it feels like it's hard or uncomfortable, just give yourself some grace and go after it a little bit more, okay? And then the switch will flip, and it'll be like, you know how to talk in another language. It just comes, okay? All right, so the symbols in your dreams can come from a variety of places. Your own life, the Bible, culture. You might hear a phrase, and that phrase is something that you can't forget, but it can come anywhere. Okay, I'm going to skip past these to the common dreams. Oh, sorry, one more thing. Where it says context, this is what's really important, and this is true with prophetic words, because often, like Ben mentioned yesterday, we hear from God in pictures. And explaining that to someone, it's really important to ask God, how does this apply to them? Okay, for example, I'll talk about this in a little bit, but dogs. Okay, in the Bible, dogs were yucky. Like, they were the scavengers. Nobody had a pet dog. Like, they were the ones that were loose and that you would throw out all of the inedible scraps in your home and you would throw them out in the streets and they would fight each other to eat what you had. So in the Bible, when it talks about dogs, like Jesus calling the woman a dog who is asking for help for her daughter, that was really rude because he was saying she was like a scavenger. He wasn't saying, oh, you're such a cute little puppy that I can hold on my lap, and you're my friend. But in our culture, dogs are usually pets, right? But some people have had a negative experience with a dog where they were attacked by a dog, and dogs are not safe for them. So if you're prophesying over someone, make sure you ask God, 
What does a dog represent for this person? In the same way with dreams. You have to see what's going on. Just because someone says, I had a dream and there was a dog, wait to hear what the dog is doing or the context. And it was attacking me. Or, and it came up to me and I was playing with it. Right? Two totally different things. Context is so important. That's why one of the things um, that I really caution people from is a set understanding of this is what a symbol means every single time. That's really scary to me because that is not true in the Bible. In the Bible, bread can represent Jesus or it could represent the effect of religion, <laughs> like the yeast of the Pharisees. That's applying to bread. Like, don't eat the bread that the Pharisees are giving you because it's sprinkled with religion. So bread is negative and positive. That's why we have relationship with God and why we recognize, okay, but how is this being applied in this setting, okay? So context is super important. All right, I'm going to go to common dreams. Here we go. All right, so on your single sheet that you have, this is where I'm going to break the rule I just told you. <laughs> This is a list of common dreams that multiple dream Christian dream interpreters have seen through several decades of dream interpretation and hundreds of thousands of dreams that they've interpreted to recognize if you have one of these dreams, it's probably like, let's say 80% of the time going to mean what's on here. So you can kind of start there, but if it doesn't work, let it go. But in this list here, it just gives you a starting point to say, all right, if I can kind of recognize where to put this in, then I can understand the rest of the dream. Okay, so these are kind of like little keys to unlock interpretation. All right, so number one, your house. How many of you have had dreams with your house? Okay, raise your hand. All right, yeah, it's very common. This centers it to you. This makes it personal. It's your house. Okay, so this can represent your life. Some of you maybe have had a dream with your childhood home. So it could be God saying, I want to talk to you about something in your childhood. Or it could be your home, but it's not yours. Like you're in someone else's house, but it's your house. So that like, God, is there something about my life that I'm living someone else's life? Where is that, you know? Okay, so that's it. Or your profession or your ministry. So it could be looking at like the foundation of your house is cracked. Something like that. Like there's something that you built that God wants to go back with you and look at the foundation of that. Okay, do you see how that works? Okay, good. All right, number two, going to school. How many of you have had these dreams? Okay, I kind of mentioned one earlier. My opinion is they are a stress dream. Okay, it's not an absolute rule. But usually when you have a school dream, you don't know where your classroom is or you forgot a pencil or you're late. And all of those situations are indicating that there's something in your life that you feel like that. You feel like you're not prepared. You feel like you're behind. You feel like you missed your opportunity. You feel like you're going to step into something and not be ready for it. Okay? Do you hear all that? So the application of that is to say, God, where in my life do I feel like I'm not ready? And maybe he'll show you, and then you say, is this true? Am I unprepared? Do I not know where I'm supposed to go? And then believe what he says, 
and break the power of that stress that's underneath the surface, okay? Number three, various vehicles. How many of you have had like a motorcycle or a bus or a train or plane or a ship? <laughs> yeah, all of these are um, objects that get from point A to point B. So in your life, that's usually like your calling or your profession, what you're doing with your life. So that usually represents those kinds of things. So then you would look at how it moves. So if it moves on wheels on a road or if it's a boat, so it moves through the water, plane, through the air, all of those, um, like the settings of those things could indicate you um, the level of authority or the level of reach of your calling. Um, sometimes like in a car, you're driving or someone else is driving or you're in the back seat and that could indicate to you God, am I in the back seat of my life? Like, am I letting something else drive my life? Or are you driving my life? Which would be good. And letting those kinds of things speak to you, let God speak to you through those, okay? Number four, storms. How many of you have had dreams where there's a tornado or a tsunami? Raise your hand. Come on, be proud, be brave. Good job. <laughs> Most of you that have these types of dreams are what we would call an intercessor which means that you carry something that someone else is going through and you should give it to the Lord. Like it's an exchange that happens like you carry someone else's burden and then give it to the Lord, all right? And as you're doing that, you're doing what we call spiritual warfare. I mentioned this last night when we were singing the name of Jesus, that his name is breaking through attacks of the enemy, breaking through deception, breaking through things that we couldn't see that was going on, which is what can happen in dreams. So in a dream, you could speak out against a storm. And sometimes it's like a funnel cloud over someone's house. And that person's house is the person that you're carrying. You're praying for them. You're like contending for them to break through whatever they're going through. And so in your dream, you're actually doing spiritual warfare. Isn't that cool? While you're sleeping. It's easy. <laughs> it's like passive. And depending on what happens in your dream, then when you wake up, either the storm left and you can just celebrate when you wake up, like, God, that's so awesome, and get a hold of that person and see if there's been a shift in their life. Or if you, like, spoke to it over and over and it stayed there, then when you wake up, finish. Continue to pray, command that storm to go, command that attack to stop, whatever is going on in your dream. Isn't that exciting? I love that. Okay, number five, flying or soaring dreams. How many of you have had those dreams? Great. So as you're having those dreams, Either look at what you're flying over, and so that can tell you what you're rising above. Like um, you could see chaos under you, or it could just be to show you the freedom that there is in your life. And it could be what you're flying from, like your like launch point, and then where you go from there. For me, I didn't have, per, uh, personally, I didn't have flying dreams until the truth about who I was in Christ was more established. And I kept, like, asking for these dreams. Because I was teaching this, and I was like, how many of you have flying dreams? Oh, good for you. I wish I had flying dreams. And I kept praying for them, like, God, I would love to have a flying dream. I had falling dreams, which we'll talk about in a little bit. 
But the flying dreams, once I realized who I was in Christ, they started to happen. I was like being like lifted off of what had been like keeping me down, not believing what he says about who I am in Christ. But once that was like gone, then I would be able to fly. It was so great. So it's about rising above difficulties or just recognizing how your freedom. Okay. Naked dreams. Yay. How many of you have these dreams? Yeah. You leave your house and you forgot your shirt or you're like not wearing any pants and nobody knows but you, (laughs) right? So usually this is talking about being transparent and being vulnerable and how comfortable you are with that could be where God's trying to talk to you. Like you don't feel comfortable with people really seeing who you are. Or he could be showing you, get ready. You're about to get transparent. There's going to be a time of vulnerability coming. And maybe in the dream, there was a certain group of people that you were with. And that could be God saying, this is the group of people that you're going to be transparent with. Okay? So that's where you can go with that. Number seven, teeth. How many of you had dreams with teeth? Okay, so these dreams, maybe your teeth are broken or they're yellow or they're rotting or you have two sets of teeth. Um, This is usually having to do with wisdom but also maturity because as we get older, just as human beings, our teeth fall out and we get new teeth. So when you like want to look at the age of a person, they usually look at your teeth to kind of give an indication of that. Um, But what this could be is about how confident you are in your ability to make decisions. So with wisdom, like how do I know which way to go? And um, one of Ben's co-workers used to work at a jewelry store a long time ago. And she kept, she told him that she kept having dreams about her teeth and they're falling out. And so one day I went in and I just said, hey, do you want to share that dream with me? And she said, sure. Yeah, I just over and over through my whole life. So a recurring dream. I've had dreams that I have teeth that are falling out. And then she said, and my dad did too. So anytime you hear something like that, no matter what it is, recognize that there's a pattern in her home and a pattern that she picked up as she was just growing up. Some people call that a generational thing. And you could call it a curse or a pattern. It doesn't matter. Jesus gave himself so that we don't have to live in a pattern that we inherit. He breaks us free from those things. But because of that, then I knew that I was dealing with something that she wasn't aware of, that she was just like living with. And so I said, do you question your ability to make decisions? Like, are you really indecisive? And you're like, oh man, did I make the right choice? She's like, yes. I never know, like, did I pick the right job? Did I, like, am I with the right man? Like, I don't even know what to wear in the morning. (laughs) And I said, okay, let's talk about that. And we just spent some time talking about that, prayed with her. It was really beautiful. And so if you hear that kind of a thing, or for you, ask God about that. Like, do I trust my wisdom? Where does my wisdom come from? Do I have your wisdom? And then let him talk to you about that, okay? Okay. All right, number eight, past relationships. And this is like friends or boyfriend, girlfriend, not like family related. Okay, so sometimes when you have dreams about this, it could be showing you that there are some things that God wants to heal from those relationships or that time in your life. And it might not have anything to do with that person, but it's like God saying, this is the setting 
that I want to talk to you about. Just depends on whatever else is happening in the dream. Sometimes you see that because God wants you to pray for them. So you just have to ask, like, God, are you showing me this person because, and then just go from there. Um, when that happens, it could be like a warning, like, hey, remember who you were when you were with this person? Just be careful because you might be going back there. But most of the time, it's like God wants to make you whole. And sometimes being whole means that we say, God, I cut free from anything that I took from that person, like in relationship, because you're connected. And I break free of anything that I gave to them that I need back. And so I just bring that back into my life. And I thank you for making me whole and making them whole and setting them free. So that's one thing that can happen with that. All right, number nine, dying. How many of you had dreams about dying? It could be you. It could be someone that you know. These can be a little tricky if it's someone that you know. For you, dying, like I had the um, serial killer dream, I felt like God was calling me into a new season of who I am in him and that part of me needed to die for that to happen. And for you, it could be showing you that like the past, like you've already said yes to Jesus, you're dead. Like one of our, um, oh, you guys, Dr. Nichols, Dave Nichols, he's been here before. Um, he had a dream where he saw his body face down on the sand, and he was like walking around it like, that's me. What is going on? And God said, you died. You're not alive anymore. Now a new creation, a new Dr. Dave Nichols is alive, and you're dead. And so it was like, a statement like, don't live the old life. Like, you're new. You're a new creation in me. Old things have passed away. New things have come. So that could be the symbolism of it. Um, let me think. Okay, so there's sometimes we do get what we call a word of knowledge in a dream where God's telling us something about someone else like that they need healing for. And so dying can feel like that, like, oh, my gosh, they're going to die. And I need to pray for them so they don't die. It's possible. That could happen. Um, it could be a spiritual dying. And so that's something you just need to go to God with. Like, this person died in my dream. Is that physical or spiritual? How do I handle this? And feel free to reach out to someone that you trust about that. Like, hey, I had a dream they died. Do you think I should tell them? <laughs> because you don't have to. Just because you have a dream and someone dies in your dream doesn't mean you have to tell them. But what God is inviting you in is an opportunity to pray for them. So we have a friend who um, had a dream. This isn't dying, but it's like word of knowledge for healing. And in her dream, someone from her church had cataracts. And in her dream, our friend prayed for them, and they were healed in her dream. So at church that Sunday, she went up to this uh, woman, and she said, Hey, do you have cataracts? And the woman said, No, but my mom does. She said, okay, can you call your mom? Let's, let's get her on the phone right now. And so they called her, and her friend said, hey, mom, um, how are your cataracts doing? And she said, you'll never believe it. I woke up, and they were gone. For real. Her cataracts were healed from a dream of someone else praying for her daughter to be healed. Isn't that amazing? It's so much more like, God's so much more creative than we can even imagine. So, it was, it was great. Okay, let's move on. Number 10, birth. How many of you have had dreams where you're pregnant and you're a guy? Let me see your hands. <laughs> it happens. Or you had a baby and um, 
there's a bunch of circumstances. So in that is like the opposite of dying where something is ending, something new is happening. And so depending on how that is occurring in your dream, like some, you might have a dream where you're pregnant, but nobody knows, like you're not showing yet and you wake up, it could be showing you that God's starting something new, but it's still like developing, like it's still growing, like don't tell people about it yet. Or you have a dream and you're pregnant, you give birth and it's five years old, like immediately. It could be showing you God's giving you something that's going to start, but it's going to get big really fast. And so the application would be, God, who can I have helped me with this? Or who am I doing this with to go from nothing to a five-year-old? Like, you need help <laughs> to do that. Um, so having that, um, God speak to you about how to reach out. Okay? All right, number 11, taking a shower. And I also want to add in here using the toilet. How many of you had that happen in your dreams? And you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, I hope I didn't really do that. That would be so awkward. Ah. Um, this is, like it says here, usually a cleansing type dream. And it's showing you, good job. <laughs> He's moving it for me. You might have to because the iPad's going to die, just so you know. Okay. Um, so with that cleansing type of dream, sometimes it's uh, around other people and you're like being watched, taking a shower, or you're going to the bathroom and using the toilet and there are other people around you. In the same way as that, like the naked dream where you're vulnerable with other people, it could be showing you where to go to be cleansed, because we pick up stuff in our life. Um, sometimes people have these cleansing dreams if they watch a movie or hear something, like, you know, at work or something that they just feel like, oh, like icky <laughs> about. Um, God uses dreams sometimes to just wash us clean, and so when you wake up, you can just say, God, thank you for washing my spirit of that, that I'm cleansed of whatever I was exposed to, or it could be God's calling you to go to these people for that to happen. Okay, I'm going to talk a little bit fast because I want to get to some interpreting of dreams. Um, number 12, falling. It could reveal that you have a fear of losing something. You feel out of control. So your application would be, God, where do I feel out of control in my life? Okay, number 13, chasing or being chased. I kind of mentioned this earlier. Um, when you're being chased, often something doesn't work. Like you can't run or you like can't see. Like I have, I've had dreams where I was chased and it was so bright. I couldn't like open my eyes or I couldn't talk. Like my voice was kept from being heard. And um, if you have those dreams, um, one of the dream interpreters that I really, really love, I love what he does, Doug Addison, he says, do the opposite. So if you can't talk in your dream, Wake up and yell, hallelujah, praise the Lord. <laughs> or if you can't move, like your legs don't work, then run around the room or just like pray the opposite. God, I thank you that I can move. God, I thank you that I am not stuck. God, I thank you that I can see what you're doing. I can see what's around me, that I'm not covered. I'm not hidden. And then the opposite, if you're chasing something, it could be showing you something you're going after, okay? Um, number 14, relatives alive or dead. It could be indicating a generational thing. Sometimes it's good, excuse me, that you're inheriting something that generations weren't able to complete. So you have a dream and a previous generation maybe hands a baton to you or gives you keys or um, lets you into a room that you didn't have before, gives you a treasure chest. 
what that could be is showing you something that is being passed on to you. So the application would be to say, God, I thank you that anything that wasn't completed in my past family, that you're going to fulfill it in my life, that it wasn't lost, that I can bring fulfillment to what you had for my family. Or um, sometimes this happens when someone passes away. I don't want you to go to sleep saying, God, I want to talk to the person that just died. That's dangerous. Don't do that because the enemy could take advantage of that. But if you're not seeking it, I've had so many people come to me and the person who passed away was in a coma or they didn't get to say goodbye. In their dream, they get that closure where they say goodbye and nothing else ever happens. Like they never have a you know, further visitation in their dream. Those kinds of things I'm okay with. I watch the fruit of it to see, like, did it create fear in them? Did it create this longing to talk to that relative? Then that's not okay. We need to talk about that and pray about that. But there is value to seeing that closure happen, as, again, as long as you're not seeking that. If it just happens, bring it to God and say, was this okay? Is this from you? Is this something that I can just say thank you? Or is it something that I need to stop from happening? Okay? And just kind of go from that. All right? Um, verse, verse. Let's read my Bible right here. Verse. My word. I'm such a Christian. <laughs> verse. I did it again. Number 15. Nightmares. Um, I kind of mentioned this already. Sometimes it could indicate that the enemy is trying to stop you from seeing or it could be a generational thing that's coming and every generation deals with this attack from the enemy. Or it's something that your heart needs healing from and it's showing up in a dream and it's violent and it's scary. And so when those kinds of things happen, make that a point to bring to the Lord to say, what's my next step with this? Because sometimes you need someone else to pray with you to silence the enemy from being able to have authority in your dreams, in your life, um, especially if it's a generational thing, but you have authority from Jesus as well. So either way, but sometimes God wants you to be with the body and not just be by yourself. So just invite him into that process. Okay, number 16, snakes usually reveal the devil at work. Um, number 17, dogs and cats. I kind of already mentioned this, but dogs could be good or bad. Um, cats are always bad. They're just like terrible. They're the worst. I'm just kidding. It's not true. <laughs> just kidding. But in the same way with dogs, someone could love cats. And so they say, I had a dream and there's a cat in it. But you hate cats, and so you're like, oh, that sounds terrible. And they're like, no, it was great. Make sure that you set aside your own uh, association with what they're talking to you about. To, like, you don't know anything. When you're talking to someone about their dream, they're the one that God gave the dream to. They should be the one that's interpreting the dream, and you're helping them, okay? So as that happens, make sure that you find out what's going on. Number 18, doors. We have to use a door to get from one room to the other, so that can show you that change is coming, and depending on how that door is, if it's locked, if it's a screen door, you can see through it, like all those kinds of things could be showing you what the um, transition from where you're at to the next season is going to be like. Number 19, clocks and watches, um, in the same way like you're going through your day and you're like, oh my gosh, it's 9-11, I always see 9-11, like all of that can happen in your dreams as well. Okay, so it could show you, like, the time that you're in. Um, personally, I constantly see 1, 2, 3, 4, 12, 34. 
like every day almost. And I just hear God saying, just do one. I want to do four. Like he says, you're going to do four. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to do four. But you have to do one first, then two, then three, and then four. I'm like, no, I just want to do four. It's like, nope, one, two, three, four. All right, fine. That's what I see. Um, you may have seen other things, and it could be related to the scripture ver- reference. Um, and then that leads to number 20. You might, in your dream, just see scripture. Obviously, go to that scripture, and that message is what God's giving you um, directly. Okay, that was a lot of talking. I need a drink of water. And um, as we are moving on here, I want you to flip over to this side over here. Oh, I have one. Oh, thank you. You're so attentive. Good job. All right, so flip over the other side, dream analysis form. I'm going to talk through this, and then we're going to do it. Yay. So when you are writing out your dream, if you can, you know, type it out. I love typing dreams into my iPad because then I can search through it. So if you have a computer that you can put it in, it's really nice to look back and just search up, you know, door dream. And then you can find it and look it up that way. Um, Or if you have a paper journal, you can write it out. It's great that way. All right, so as you're writing it out, expect understanding to come because you're taking it from this ambiguous, like, realm and bringing it into a concrete place. And like it says here, put the date on it because sometimes you get a dream and you don't know what it means until three months later and you realize, whoa, that's exactly what I was dreaming about. It just happened. Like that relationship that I was being talked about in my dream, it's happening right now. Okay? I have to take a drink. Hold on. Okay, so the next question, what is the dreamer's role? So for you, as you're dreaming, are you distant from the action of the dream and you're watching it happen? It probably means the dream is not about you personally, but is about a person or a group of people that you love and have relationship with. Could be your family, could be coworkers, could be um, the people group that you feel called to, like you just have a heart for this group of people. So when you have a dream about them, God's sharing that with you because you have authority to be able to either pray for something to happen or that you can have insight into that person or group of people, okay? If the action is happening to you, like you're talking to things, you know, things are happening, you're in your house and things are happening to you, the dream is probably about you, okay? So that's like a simple question. Were you the one like doing the things in the dream, or were you watching it, okay? What's the context of the dream? Was it at work? Was it with your family? If there's no context, it's probably just like about your personal walk with God or your personal like heart journey. Um, But if you see like the, yep, it was at work, it's probably where the application would be. All right, here I just gave you a little grid to write out the main symbols. Like for me, my serial killer dream, my first symbol would be Serial killer. (laughs) Um, The next one would be um, probably victim 23. Like, just think about, like, what were the main things at the end of the dream that stood out to you? Um, Eating hearts. (laughs) Writing that out. And then asking God, okay, who was a serial killer? Or what does a serial killer represent? Meaning, Jesus. Victim 23. It could be your presence with me no matter what's going on. 
However God's talking to you about it, eating hearts, giving all of myself to you. Okay? So then I can take those, that meaning, and say, wow, God just gave me a dream about how Jesus is going to be with me no matter what, and he wants all of me. So I just decoded the dream by looking at what those symbols mean. Okay? And if you are getting hung up because you haven't written it down yet, I just encourage you, like, write down what are the main symbols and look at it that way, okay? Underneath that, are there any common dreams or repeated themes? And that's why I gave you this, because that can help you, like, okay, this is, I'm at my house, so then it's probably about my life. And just get that out of the way, okay? Another one is the repeated themes, just to recognize, is this something that I saw already? And then I can kind of interpret, like, kill two birds with one stone. Then ask God, what interpretation do you hear from him? Okay? And then the final thing is absolutely essential. You can recognize your dream and what it means, but if you don't apply it, it I wouldn't say it's wasting it, but it's close. <laughs> because understanding a dream is powerful. But if I said, okay, Jesus wants all of me, and I say, oh, that's nice and then keep going on with the rest of my life, I've kind of wasted the impact that that could have. And the application for that dream would be to say, God, I give you all of me. If there's anything that I've been holding back, I want you to have all of it. Is, where is that? Is there a spot in my life? Show me. Where am I holding back from you that I'm not willing to go with you? Make me willing to be willing to be willing to go with you. I'm ready. That's the part that here at the bottom could be grateful. Like, God, thank you that you saved me from that attack. It could be if it's a dream that the enemy is trying to scare you, to push that aside to say, God, I thank you that you're more powerful than the enemy in my life. And if you're not sure where it applies, praying for that. God, where can I apply this dream? But always looking for that, that in a dream, especially if you're talking with someone and this is a way that you're letting God speak through you to them, which you can do. You can just say, hey, are there any dreams that have been bothering you lately? Or is there a dream that you had when you were a kid and you just can't forget? If you don't give them the application of what to do, like you've given them something nice, but it's not going to unlock the potential that that voice, that the voice of God can have in their life through that. Does that make sense? Okay, so make sure that you're asking God for the application of it. All right. Are you ready to go out to the whiteboard? I am. Okay, so what I need is someone who has a super simple dream, like really simple. Like I said, there's a woman, she had her teeth, and they're always falling out. Like one little like sentence or like maybe two sentences. So is there anyone here who has a dream that's that simple? And you're comfortable sharing it and having it broadcast on Facebook Live, because we are. <laughs> Nobody? Nobody has a simple dream? Okay, who has a dream that might be simple? Okay. Um, okay, so what I'm going to do, can you talk really loudly? Okay. We're all going to listen, and we're all going to be, like, recognizing, okay, where are the symbols? Is there a common theme? Is there a common dream? You don't have to come up here. I can hear you. Um, but just so that we can do this all together, okay? And then we'll go for it. Okay, so what's your name? Chris. Chris. All right, go for it. Let's hear your dream. Oh, 
Okay. Um, great. So you just, I want to clarify one part and then. Okay. Um, so you were like waving to get the attention of the people in the boats? Is there so? Okay, good. All right. So um, what were some of the main symbols from his dream? Uh, okay, I heard a bunch of you. I'm going to say bridge. I heard bridge. We're going to call that like describing the bridge. Okay, what else? Boats. What else? Hand. Okay, that's pretty much it. Right? Great. This is a good dream, simple dream. Okay, so um, the question we have here then is what is the dreamer's role? You're kind of partially involved, right? Because he saw it, but nobody was interacting with you, right? Right. So he's partially involved, okay? He tried to get involved, but he wasn't able to. Okay. Um, In the context, did you know any of the people in the dream? Okay, so we don't have a context. He didn't have, like, coworkers or family or anyone for us to say this is what it's about. Um, Although he did say this was a girl, right? Okay. How long ago did you have this dream? Oh, okay. Great. That's a good question to ask, but you may not have to ask it every time. Okay. All right. So are there any common dreams that are are relevant here? A vehicle. Okay. So boats. This is a vehicle. Okay. And that's pretty much it. That's pretty much the only other common dream. And there wasn't a repeated theme because it was just one scene. If he had another dream at a different time in the night, maybe there would be another repeated, like a theme that came up again of him trying to get help and nobody was listening or something like that. Okay? All right. So, does anyone feel like they understand possibly what this dream could mean? And you want to ask him, do you think this dream means, and then share what you think? Oh, he does. Okay, let's wait. Let's wait, because that'll help us to, like, confirm or deny how you, because his yes is what you're after. It's not after you trying to figure out the dream. You're after him saying, yes, that's what the dream means, that aha. Okay, that's the goal. It's not for me to be clever and figure it out. It's for him to say, yep, that's exactly what it means. Okay. Who wants to try? I know someone here wants to try. You don't even have to say it in the microphone. You can just yell it out. This is a very simple dream. So if it seems obvious to you, it is. Okay, just let's just try it and say it. Yes, go ahead. Okay, so if I can hear, if I'm saying it correctly, is he seeking help for someone he can't reach personally? Is that something that's true in your life? Okay, he's not, so that's okay. So this girl and his distance aren't related to his personal life. That's fine. Okay, anyone else have a question maybe about something that you're wondering on here? It's okay if it feels weird. Do you have a question? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. All right. Yes, go ahead. Oh, searching. Good. Like that helps us a lot. Going back and forth. Say what you were saying. You think they're what? Okay. They're police. Awesome. Good question. Searching. Is it at night or is it during the day? Okay. But they can't see the hand that's up in the water. And the water is at a lake or a river? the day. Okay, so do you personally feel a calling to go after a certain group of people? That you have a heart for them? Yes? Okay. Um, Are there already people going after that group of people? I'm being vague on purpose. Okay, are you satisfied with how they're going after that group of people? Okay, so may I ask who that group of people is? The hand is the church that doesn't know the more that there is in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Okay. So who do you see this, these boats being? Okay. All right, so what seems like is the interpretation of the dream is that you are watching this church, that you have a heart for the church, that is in the water. Like there, this, the water, water can be good or negative. Water is destructive, but it's also life-giving. So it could be positive or negative. Um, it seems like the water would represent, it's hard to know. Um, The hand that was being raised up, were they trying to be rescued? Okay. Caught on a branch. Maybe they're already dead. Okay. So maybe the water would represent religion? Yeah, okay. That's what, because it didn't seem like a good thing. Like, if you're in the spirit and it's water, then you can breathe and be alive. But if they were dead, um, then what it looks like is that you're out of religion. So you're standing up on the bridge and you're looking back at the life that you left. And you know that there is more. And so you're already out of it. And you're trying to get the attention of um, the authorities. Like, do you have relationship with people that are, like, in leadership in churches? Some. Okay, so you've been trying to tell them there's more. Look, 
you're losing. I would guess, actually, that the girl is the people that don't know that there's more, which is what you said. And then these are the people who think that they do know. So they're floating around. They, like, made a home. They're like, let's just get around in religion. Let's just stay here. And we don't need to get out of this because they have a boat. And so they're like, this is their calling is to stay in religion. And so you're trying to get religious people to go after people that don't know there's more. Okay? So the application, what do you think is the application of this dream? Go what? Mm-hmm. These people, the authorities. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, okay. This one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for the sake of time, I'm just going to wrap it up. What I see is that you've been trying to make a scene, and it's not working. And so the application of the dream would be to say, God, I still have a heart for people that are stuck in religion. I can't leave them. I'm out, and I don't want to go back into religion. Like you said, I couldn't jump into the water. Like, I've crossed the line. I'm not going back. My life is ruined to living a religious understanding of God. But my heart still goes out to these people. So the application would be to say, God, how can I get the attention of people that actually have authority to be able to show them the more and to alert them to the people that they're leaving behind. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, let's extend our hands to Chris, and let's just bless him to be able to apply this and to hear strategy because he, God trusts you to see what other people aren't seeing. Like you saw this hand that boats were right next to and they couldn't even see it. So that ability is something that God wants to use to bless those caught in religion. And I don't know about you, but I've been there and it's deceiving. You don't know. And so God, we just released Chris to be able to hear the strategy of heaven, to know how to cut through deception and cut through tradition that's based on understanding that isn't related to your heart, God. And so right now, we just release the ability to hear what you're saying and to translate it into a way that those that are caught in religion that feel like they have authority would be able to receive and hear truth. And I bless Chris to continue to burn with passion, to continue to burn with compassion for those people and not to walk away because of the lack of success in the past. God, I thank you today is a new day and that you gave him this dream to show him that there's still hope and that you still have an opportunity for him to speak into their lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
Bless you. Thank you for sharing that. That was awesome. Yay. All right. So it's 12.06. So I just wanted to see if there were any quick questions, and then we can be done. And I do want to tell you, before I forget, I mentioned Doug Addison, A-D-D-I-S-O-N, Doug Addison. He has a a book um, about dreams. I can't remember the title of it right now. Hearing God Through Your Dreams or something like that. I don't know. But Doug Addison, um, he is a resource I would highly recommend. Um, James Gall, G-O-L-L, has a really good book called Dream Language. And he and his wife, Michael Ann, both wrote it. And it's about James Gall is like a prophet that's called to nations. And so he receives dreams that have like global impact. And there was a season in his wife's life where she was a mom of four young kids at home. And her dream life was the only time she got to connect with God. Bless her heart. (laughs) And so she had these incredible dreams where she would be dancing with God. She would just be sitting with God. And it was restoring her soul in the midst of that time that was just work, like really hard work. And so it was, it's just a great book, but it also goes through church history about how the church handled dreams and where to find that in the Bible. Okay, so those two are really good resources, and um, Doug Addison can send you to other resources as well if you want to go really, like, further in depth. Um, But yeah, are there any quick questions about dreams that you have? Don't hold back. You don't have to be polite. Just talk. Yes. A spiritual train? Like it was invisible? No, I saw it. I knew it was a spiritual train. The scripture That's awesome. So maybe you were doing warfare for that spiritual train to get through. And that you were like, that train could be like a, a, a revelation that God wanted to bring from heaven or like an understanding that was coming that you were able to help bring through. That's cool. Anyone else? You can ask. It's fine. I know if you don't ask, you're going to make a line and come and tell me, like, as we're done. So just raise your hand and tell me. Police arresting you? Okay. What other things were going on? Oh, okay. Okay, so sometimes the police are a good thing. They could represent, like, God's authority. And so it could be God saying you're going a little too fast with something and he wants to bring you in. It could be that. So you could ask God, is there anywhere in my life that I'm, like, ahead of where I'm supposed to be and you want me just to follow you at the right pace? It could be that. Okay, anyone else? It doesn't have to be a dream interpretation. It could be about dreams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And do you wake up when you got shot? Did you wake up? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, okay, you got caught in the middle of something that you hadn't started. Mm -hmm. Right. So you could say, God, is there anywhere in my life that I... Well, how long ago did that happen? Okay, so maybe looking back, you could say, God, was there anything that was someone else's battle, but I got affected by it? And if that's true, God, is there anything that I'm still carrying from that that wasn't even my fight? Like, I got, like, affected by it, but it wasn't even me, like, fighting for something. It just was some other people, and I got impacted by it. And then just, if there is something that's still there, ask God to heal that in your life. And it could be to forgive those people for that fighting that affected you, and to repent from anything that you took on to say, I made that happen. Like, because it wasn't your fight. Does that make sense? Okay, great. Chris. Okay, so you, is there anything in your life that you know that you're supposed to be doing and you, like, prepare for it, but then you can never get to there? Okay, so then back then, that may have been God trying to say, hey, talk to me, like, let's get this taken care of. Let's do this together instead of you trying to do it on your own. So that could be, yeah, Um I'm going to share a really quick one final dream, and then we'll close um, for any of you that need to go. And um, the last dream was actually one that was told to me here, um, I think, let's see, five years ago maybe? I came with a group of students from the ministry school and taught on dreams. And at the end, a couple came up to me, and the wife, they were both probably in their like mid-70s, and the wife was dragging the husband up. And I was like, he's had a dream his whole life, and he doesn't know what it means. I was like, oh, okay, do you want to know what your dream means? And he was like, sure. I was like, okay. What was your dream? So he said, I had this dream over and over and over that I was lost, and I didn't know where I was going. And I was like, oh, that's it? He said, yeah. I said, okay, well, when was the last time you had this dream? And he said, about five years ago. And I just felt like I was supposed to ask him, was there anything that happened to you five years ago? He was like, I got saved. And I was like, hmm, okay, well, I'm not a dream, like, expert, really, but I would say probably God was trying to tell you that you were lost and when you got saved, he didn't need to tell you that anymore. And he was like, oh, yeah. And I said, how long did you have that dream? 35 years? I was like, oh, my word. What if a Christian had said, hey, do you have any dreams that you've been having your whole life? Or do you have something that you had as a child that's bothering you? What if 25 years before that, or 30 years before that, someone had asked him that, and he said, like, you had this dream, I'm lost. And if they said, do you know Jesus? No. Well, I think, seriously, like, that's how simple it was. So I just want to encourage you, as you step out of this building, people 
all around you are dreaming. Every person that you bump shoulders with has the capacity and the potential to hear from God in their dreams. And that's what God was doing. He was using that man's dreams to go after his heart. And for some reason, he found God five years before he talked to me, but maybe it could have happened earlier. I don't know. I just want to submit that to you and pray for you. And then I can hang out a little bit if you have some things that you want to ask me about. But it just, yeah, it's so much more than we think. But we get to do it with him. We don't have to figure it out. So good. So, Father, I thank you for your goodness that's revealed through your ability to redeem the time that we and all the 7 billion other people on this planet are sleeping And God, I ask that you would help us to gain confidence and understanding to redeem what is being put out there all the time, every single day. Help us to reach out and speak into dreams and to hear what you're saying for our own dreams, that we can get to know you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Ollie, if you want to come up. Well, thank you so much. It was amazing. I'm so excited for tonight. It just incredible. Learn a lot of stuff. So you're free to go. And remember to come back at 6 p.m. and not 7. And we'll see you there. Have a good afternoon. Thank you so much for coming, and we love you. Jesus, there is.